Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, a typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the National Football Show. It's your boy, Dan Cilio. Huh? Football season. Man, we're 24 hours less than away from the start of the season. I know it's exhibition football. It's Hall of Fame game. Steelers and Cowboys. I don't care, man. It's like Christmas coming this week, right? All the action, all the news. It's starting to fill up your sports page. Nobody wants to hear baseball and stupid NBA trades. Hey, what do you think of the Lakers? Um, I think they're old. Yeah, but wait a minute. You know, the Lakers are make they're old, and they've got a papier-mâché guy. Wait a minute. The Lakers have the Carson Wentz of the NBA, okay, and Anthony Davis. He is the Carson Wentz of the NBA. Feel comfortable going into a season with that guy? But you see, the, they're old. When your star's an old dude, you're going to get old results. And I'm sitting around going, I have no interest. I know half the people who are listening to me now just went, okay, I'm out. He's talking NBA. Let me get the hell out of here. I'm with you. Major League Baseball. Outside of Shohei Otani, I don't know. What's the story? Yankees sucking. Red Sox doing good. The Rays, amazing. The amazing Rays. I tell all football executives this, and I ask them, how does a team like the Rays not spend a cent and beat the piss out of the Red Sox and Yankees every year in the AL East? How's that possible? You know what they say? Executive management, that's off the charts. And even though they – hey, is there a shocker that the guy in Los Angeles now pulling deals for the Dodgers, Andrew Friedman, used to be in Tampa for 15 years, Right. He ran that Rays organization. Now it's Matt Silverman doing it. Rays have an organizational function where they have a structure in that building where they don't have to overpay for anybody. And they get rid of everybody. But guess what? It's about winning. Nobody falls in love with a player in Tampa. That's a key to the NFL, too. You never fall in love with a player. You fall in like with a player. Never go like this, man. I really love that's for fans to do. When you're an executive, you know when you draft somebody, okay, or you make a trade for somebody, you're either cutting them or you're going to trade them. There's no other ending to this. You think guys ride off into the sunset like John Elway, I win a Super Bowl MVP and go, hey, adios. You think that goes down like that? It doesn't. Management, doing the right things. And I'm going to get to the point here in a second when it comes to the Colts. But the Rays, they shock the hell out of everybody. The Yankees sit around and the Yankees spend $200 million a year in payroll along with the Red Sox. You got $400 million in payroll and they can't beat the $65 million payroll raise. What? I mean, you, you, could you name a position player on the Tampa Bay Rays? Football guy's going like this. Hell, dude, I could barely name people on the Buccaneers. Exactly. 
65 million bucks and they're perennial and they're perennial first place or second place finishers in the AL East. Absolutely incredible management. All right, let's go into the topic of the day. I put a poll up on my Twitter page at Dan Cilio show. And I said, what should Chris Ballard do? The general manager of the Colts. I think you have a couple options here. And I also think that you're sitting around with Frank Wright and you're sitting around with Jim Irsay. And you know what you're doing? You're going around the room and you're going to have this conversation. I'll get to the conversation here in a second. But here are your three options. Do you stay in-house with what you got? That Washington kid you drafted in the latter rounds? Do you make a call to the Bears and go get Nick Foles? Or do you make two calls? You ready? Do you call Phillip Rivers? You're 11-5 and with him last year. And I'll tell you what. You shook the chain of the Bills last year in that playoff game, didn't you? Couple plays? I don't know. Colts may have won that ball game. That was a very close football game. Remember? Go back into that, that playoff game. You came away with this going like this. Man, that Colts team, they pushed him to the brink, man. That was a 57-minute ball game. They got right down to it. So I'm like this, man. I don't know, man. It's, Rivers did really well last year. And he's like the least athletic guy in the history of the league at that position of quarterback. How about this one? Now, do me a favor. Don't start dumping on me when I say this. How about Drew Brees? How about you call Drew Brees up? Remember, he's a free agent. His contract had run out in New Orleans, so there's no economical ties to the Saints. There's no draft choice tie to Saints. Why don't you just call Drew Brees and go, Drew, how's your health, man? You don't think Drew Brees for four games could take care of your football team? This Andrew Luck conversation, it's a pipe dream. That guy's not coming out of retirement. He's finished. And by the way, if Andrew Luck came out of retirement, I would trade Carson Wentz. Andrew Luck, their player. Carson Wentz is not a better player than Andrew Luck. Are you kidding me? Andrew Luck's one of the top talents in the history of the league coming out of college. And he was a hell of a ball player in the NFL, and that guy was nowhere near what Andrew Luck was as a quarterback in the NFL. So if he came back, I'd be like this. Well, let's trade Wentz. <laughs> because I would take Andrew Luck all night and all week over Carson Wentz. The Drew Brees deal is pretty intriguing, isn't it? Now, could he come in there and learn a system like that right away? Remember something about what they're doing with Frank Wright's offense. Even with Carson Wentz, that Colts offense wasn't going to be a predominantly pass offense. That was going to be a run and then be third and short. It was going to kind of look like the Troy Aikman Cowboy team. Or you know what's even better? It was going to look a little more like that Eagle team that won the Super Bowl a few years ago. They were going to run the rock, play special teams, great defense, and run you off the clock. And you were hoping your quarterback didn't turn it over and keep you in third and short. That's the fundamentals, what Frank Reich is trying to do with that Colts offense. So he's actually looking for a Ryan Tannehill kind of guy. That's why Wentz fit the... He fit the M.O. so perfect for what Frank was trying to build and still going to build around Carson Wentz. It's just been delayed. What you don't want to do is start trading assets away. We had Howard Eskett on yesterday, and Howard said, do not go after Nick Foles. You know, sequels usually aren't very good. Okay, there's a lot of truth to that. And, I mean, under the day, I don't want to be fleeced for a pick for three weeks when I'm going to get my quarterback back. But I'll tell you something, you can't go into the year with the guy you have in the room, that kid Eason. You see the schedule? You could be one in six as you're closing in on the first half of the season, and your season's over. Now, there is a silver lining to that. What would happen if they decide that one in six or one in seven 
that Wentz is ready to play and they go, you know what? Let's go into the NFL draft and we're going to select somewhere in like number 15. Then you're talking about bringing other assets into the football team. And do you go for a quarterback? I'll get to that here in a minute, but I want to start here with the options for Chris Ballard. See, you've got to put all this on the table. And as we reported here on the National Football Show last Friday, we knew that they were going to be in this dilemma here. Now, we're talking about six weeks. Now, remember something. That was six weeks from Monday surgery. So we're talking about roughly three or four games, five games, maybe coming back near the Jets week. But you could be clearly out of it by then. So do you get a substitute teacher? How much do you want to pay for that substitute teacher if you're Chris Ballard, the GM of the Colts? Do you want to trade for Folsey? I don't want to give any assets away because there's another dilemma that I have to think about here as I'm moving forward. And on top of that, if I go for Rivers and Breeze, it costs me nothing. And I've got professional quarterbacks quarterbacking my team. And they're going to know the layout. Hey, you're in here just for a couple weeks. We'll pay you a million dollars a week to come in here and quarterback. Who knows? Breeze finds magic. And before you know it, you're not rushed to bring Wentz back or Rivers too. I'd rather go with an experienced guy and with those two options and my, really kind of my only options without getting fleeced by the Bears and thinking that maybe you could duplicate what you did in Philly, that's a big gamble. Last year, I was 11-5 and five with Rivers. That, to me, is where I'm leaning more. But if Breeze decided to say this, okay, I would seriously think about that. Breeze is a better winner. He protects the ball a little more. Guy's the greatest yardage passer in the history of the league. I don't know. I might want to bring that in. If it worked, at least I want to talk to him and bring him in for a workout. Now, here's something else Ballard has to think. You know what's funny? History repeats itself all the time, doesn't it? And we'll talk to our friend Ross Tucker from the Ross Tucker podcast. He's spectacular. That'll be at the bottom of the hour. You know, general managers traditionally think five years down the line, okay? They're looking at the team salary cap-wise. They're looking at the age of the players. They're looking even at valuating position coaches, knowing that if you have success, people are going to come in and raid your coaching staff, and they're going to take these guys out of your coaching staff. So you're always preparing for change. What's unfortunate with Wentz's injury, Carson may be back in the same position as he was in Philadelphia next year. If you're Chris Ballard, are you doing your job if you don't evaluate a quarterback next year and take him in the NFL draft, knowing full well that that quarterback that I made a trade for and has a boatload of money, and for the record, let's know this, in 2022, the Colts can get out with not a lot of salary cap hit or damage out of that Wentz deal. If this guy can't get on the football field, the Colts, that contract has been restructured so that they can get out from under that and defer a lot of money out. If you're Ballard, do you go into the NFL draft next year and looking for a quarterback? Now, I don't know the kid from Oklahoma, kid at Oregon. There's a defensive player up there. I don't know very many of the uh, quarterbacks that are going to come out this year. This last year had a big list of guys that people love, but everybody falls in love with nobodies. You know what I mean? I mean, and you find nobodies. Who thought Josh Allen coming out of Wyoming was going to be Josh Allen on what we're seeing right now, right? If you had to redo that draft, you might take Josh Allen number one overall now. So you don't, or, or how about Patrick Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes wasn't the number one overall selection. Chiefs had to move up to get the kid. He wasn't top. He wasn't a top pick. So these guys can be found in the latter rounds. First, second, Joe Montana was a third. Russell Wilson was a third. Brady was a sixth. Kurt Warner was a free agent. I mean, I believe Aaron Rodgers was 25, right? We're talking the elite guys in the game. These guys were later in the draft. However you think later is, late first round, 
third round, second round. But Ballard's got to make he's got to make a tough call because he may be putting Carson Wentz right back in the same position he had in Philly. I got to get a quarterback. Now, does that mean one, two, or three? I don't know. Especially with the amount of money that you've put into the into the kid and faith that you've put into the kid. But you've got to address this because, I mean, he starts off his Colts era already hurt. I mean, I can't think that's the way you want to do that, especially if you're Wentz and you're trying to get rid of that stigma. All right. There was a move today. We were talking about it prior to going on the air here, and that is the fact that the Buccaneers have given Todd Bowles a three-year contract extension. He's a defensive coordinator of the Buccaneers, and in my opinion, he constructed some of the best postseason defensive schemes I have seen in a long time. Think about what they did in the last couple of weeks of the NFL year, okay? They end up beating Aaron Rodgers in the AFC NFC championship game. They beat Breeze in the playoffs as well. He constructed all of that. So you went and you did this. Check it out. So you beat Breeze, you beat Rodgers, and you beat Mahomes. And this is Todd Bowles, who was absolutely not given an opportunity to be a great head coach in New York. I say this to you all the time. It's the landfill of coaches and quarterbacks, the New York Jets. You go there, you're not – do you know that the New York Jets and the history of the franchise – you want something? The history of the franchise, including Weeb Bank, who won Super Bowl three, they don't have one head coach with a 500 record. I mean, <laughs> they don't produce winning teams for any consistency, for any long period of time. That's remarkable. The Jets are a train wreck. So did you really think Todd Bowles was going to get the opportunity to go in there? And look, you know what happens. A lot of the African-American head coaching candidates, they get to crappy jobs like this. Look at the thing that David Culley in Texas has now. That, that Houston Texans team, you think he really has a chance of succeeding? He's a stopgap coach now. Tyrod Taylor is going to keep your job? David Culley's days as a head coach in the NFL are numbered already. The only way he can save his gig, if I were David Culley, I would go to the McNair family and say, we got to start Deshaun Watson. I don't care if he wants to or not. Fine his ass. Because my job, it depends on it. You brought me in here, and I was thinking I was getting Deshaun. You know what I got? I, I got a stand-in in Tyrod Taylor. No disrespect. Tyrod is very, very respected in the National Football League. But you're killing the opportunity there. He does, he, he, his days are already numbered think they're going to give him a true opportunity to be a head coach in the NFL. Come on, man. How can you be a true coach in the NFL when you don't even know who your starter is going into the 2021 season? That's another two. That's, that's another issue. If you don't know who your guy is going into camp, you don't have a guy. And that truly means that you don't have a season. We're going to have an open quarterback competition. Really? That tells every guy in the locker room, well, we're playing for the draft. That's what we're doing. We're playing for the draft. All right, let's a little bit more here. So Tua Tug of Viola. You know, I, I, I say this. I like the kid a lot. I think the kid, you know, I, I thought he was really a great-looking prospect when he was at Alabama. And I don't ever do this comment. Well, he played with so many great players. How do you know he's good? Come on, man. Tom Brady's playing with so many good players in Tampa. How do you know it's not more them than him? Come on. That's a dumb – if you play with great players, that's a great thing. That's not anything you should, like, start docking on how you evaluate a quarterback. Does he get the ball to him? Yeah. Well, then shut up. You know, more people rip a process – then they do results. You know, 
I, I don't, I don't want to do it that way. Well, how do you know it's not going to work? Oh, because my way does. Well, not every situation is the same, dude. Every year is different. That's what every coach tells you, right? Well, every year may have a different theory on how to get to that result you're looking for. You may not have the same personnel you did a year ago. You may not have the same grouping. You may not have the same offensive or defensive coordinator. Everything's different every year. So to sit there and try to jam that square peg in round holes, that's how coaches get their asses fired. Not evolving their offense. Not evolving their defense. And so when I'm watching Tua and I'm watching him play, you know, you're hearing people in Miami. There's no doubt they're kicking tires still on the Deshaun Watson situation, and they're keeping an eyeball on that. You know, they're keeping an eyeball on what's going on in Green Bay. Could you see Aaron Rodgers down in Miami next year? I don't know. It could be a place for him. You know, you, you, you go to Florida, state income tax and all that. Got a pretty good football team. Got a good coach. Pretty fair organization. When left alone, could that be something? You're not going to win a Super Bowl down there like you are in Green Bay. But I don't really think Aaron Rodgers next year is going to be looking to win a Super Bowl. I think he's going to be doing what J.J. Watt did. He's going to be looking for, you know, a peace of mind. You think Aaron Rodgers is really looking to win a Super Bowl, or do you think he's looking for peace of mind? Okay, that's how I read that guy. He wants to be happy playing the game. That doesn't necessarily mean winning Super Bowls. Tom Brady's driven by Super Bowls, okay? And he's driven by playing the game, but he's more driven by winning. I don't really, you know, Aaron Rodgers and, and LeBron James have a lot in common. I personally don't think LeBron James is driven by winning. Twice four and six in finals. I think Jordan was driven by winning. I think Tiger was driven by winning. And, and don't you, you, you can see those guys, right? They're usually jerks. Because they never have a, you know, a good time. They barely have any personality whatsoever. Hell, we didn't see Brady's personality until these last two years. So, again, to Tua, this is what I would say with the Dolphins. Hey, man, if I were them, I would look at the first half of the season. And if I wasn't seeing any progress, I would sit there and start doing this. You know what? You don't have the three-year plan like you did in the past. You just don't have a three-year plan. That's not what coaches get any longer. You got like a two-year plan and showing progress, and most notably, at the QB position. If you're not showing progress at the quarterback position, they're going to fire your ass, and they're going to bring one of these Cliff Kingsbury guys in or these Sean McVay guys. They don't want to sit around and wait. Owners are not going to do that any longer, not with the money that's being generated in the league and not the opportunity that you get to turn your franchise around in that league. So if you're Chris Greer, the GM, and you're Brian Flores, the head coach, I'd be telling two of this, dude, you know, I don't mean to be a jackass here, but you got eight games to get this team on your back and prove to people that you're going to be the future of our football team. I may not say it in that many ways, but I'm going to let him know on how I'm coaching him. You need to get this right, and we need to see improvement. When I watched him play last year, I was like this. It was sporadic. There is no way the Miami Dolphins are sold on Tua Tuck of Viola. No way. They may like the kid. Hey, and anytime you hear coaches or GMs or scouts saying, I really like the kid and he's got a great sense of leadership, Anytime you hear those two things brought up first instead of great skill set, they're not sold on the kid's ability. They're sold on the intangibles, but not the ability. Very seldom do you hear this. This guy is so gifted and so smart. That's when you start doing, okay, that's your guy. All right. We're going to lay out all this with Ross Tucker from the Ross Tucker podcast and get his spin on everything on what's going on. Carson Wentz, what does Chris Ballard do? What direction do they do? We'll talk to him next. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. 
It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back to the National Football Show, Dan Silvio. Someone in the chat room mentioned Sam Howell, North Carolina. You're right. Kid at OU also could be your top two guys that potentially could be top pro prospects going into the 2022 NFL draft. That kid, you know, I mean, would you be afraid to go back into that program again after what you saw with Mitchell Trubisky? You know, I'm, I'm never hesitant to do that. However, look at programs when it comes to producing particular positions. Running back Georgia, D and O lines at Alabama, Ohio State, USC. They're notorious for doing that. The law averages. And again, I know people immediately say, dude, recruit the player, not the school. I understand that. Um, and from what I've seen of the kid, the kid's a really good looking football player, too. And I, I would I would say he's probably a grade up for Mitchell Trubisky. You got to remember something about Trubisky. Trubisky has a winning record as a starting quarterback in the NFL. It's not that he didn't win games. He just wasn't consistent enough to win games. Ross Tucker will join us in a couple minutes from the Ross Tucker podcast. I, I do want to throw this out. The Hall of Fame game is on Thursday. Uh, you're not going to see a lot of starters. Roethlisberger, from what I'm understanding, is not going to play. And you're not going to see Dak, obviously, because, you know, they're going to want to rest Dak Prescott. You know, shoulder is sore. And I said this yesterday to you, and there's no question that when you're an NFL player, you're a football player, you could do all the workouts you want. You know, you could run the treadmill. You can, you know, run two, three miles. You can lift all weights in the world. You can be the strongest guy on the planet. Until you're in football activities and you're throwing to receivers, you're moving around. That's why I think there's a lot more injuries earlier in the year 
because they don't do enough practicing. There's not enough two-a-days. That's why you see a lot more lower extremity injuries in the NFL today than you did back in the day. And again, I'm not sounding Neanderthal Dan, but when you have three months to prepare for an upcoming NFL season, you're going to get the body in football shape, not just in conditioning to be able to go 60 minutes in a game. There's difference when you're talking about conditioning and football conditioning. And then you combine that with the new AstroTurf. That's why you see a lot of lower extremity injuries, ankle sprains, knee sprains, hip flexors, groin injuries. Watch, every year it is that, and it's not because the players are lesser today than they were back then. And I'm not doing this. Oh, the guys back in the old days, they were really tough, and, you know, they ate nails before they went out. Nobody drank water. Kind of true in a way. But that's not how it worked, man. Okay, when you had two a days or you had three days in the NFL back in the day, your body was in shape to play a game. Those two a days in the NFL, there were no restrictions on contact. So you had more one on one drills, you had more inside drill, you had more physical contact in these camps than you do today. And that's clearly why. You see guys like, like, look at Dak. Dak had half the year off or a little over half the year, right? And he comes back in his shoulder sore. That's to be expected. Phil Sims the other day made the comment that when he hurt his foot the year before, he needed a full year to come back and have an opportunity to play like he needed to play at the position because he had been off for a while because he just couldn't move around on the foot. That's basically, again, where Dak and a lot of the players are as they get into the first uh, quarter pole of the season. So, yeah, this is one of the reasons why I think you see a lot more injuries today. There's just not a lot of physical contact in these camps any longer. That's why you see a lot of lower extremity injuries. That's why you'll see a lot of the games um, at the beginning of the exhibition season where you're not going to see the stars like in the Hall of Fame game on Thursday. All right, let's get into a guy who's been into – uh, many of these camps from the Ross Tucker podcast, our dear friend, Ross Tucker, and we appreciate him coming aboard. And Ross, I throw this out to everybody. You know, I was not surprised. Phil Sims was on with us the other day and he wasn't surprised, you know, today. And I, I don't want to sound like old guy, get off my lawn, dude. But I mean, you just don't have the physical contact that you used to have back in the day when you're going through two a days. And that's why you see a lot of lower extremity injuries to a lot of these players, because they're they're physically ready to go, but they're not really football ready to go. Is that fair? Yeah, I've heard that theory, Cilio. I'm I'm not sure I buy it. Now, the first part about it, I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, I was at Eagles camp on Monday. I do their preseason games, and the first four days, they were no pads, right? Then they got an off day. Then I was there, and they were having their fifth day of no pads. And then yesterday was their first day in pads. And I guess today is their second day. It's a lot different than it was when you played, certainly when I played. I think it's better in the sense that they're not beating the guys' bodies up as much. They can hopefully make it through the 17-game season better. You know, they can have longer careers. I don't think we needed to do, you know, my rookie year with Marty Schottenheimer, silly. I don't think we needed to do two, three-hour practices, full pads every day for the first 12, 13 days. I mean, I, I tore my right MCL. I broke my left hand. I remember saying to my parents, like, I'm only doing one year. Like, if I make it, I'm only doing one year. Like, I, I just couldn't believe it. Uh, I was like, I don't know how these guys are making it. Uh, both those things happened my rookie training camp, but I, I just don't think, look, it was good for me because it was like a, only the strong survive, right? Yeah. Like mentally tough. And I think that that was to my advantage, but you know, looking back on it now, I, I don't know that having those two practices for the first 12 days and a lot of guys were getting hurt. I don't know that that really helped them decide who made the team or not. I, I'm not, I'm not sure what they really got out of that. I tell you, man, I had three a days with Ray Perkins, and hey, Ross, I'm I'm laying there going for the third for the third practice. We had a, two weeks of this, 
And I'm going like this. There's not a guy out here who's going to give full max effort because he can't. More guys are going to get hurt. And to your point, you were right on with that. Let me slide into this. I talked to Frank Wright last Friday. You know, I reached out to him, Ross, because of the COVID scenario. And he and I have been friends a long time, over 30 years. And, you know, I I, I posted on Friday that they were going to have probably surgery on Carson Wentz's foot, and they end up coming to that conclusion. Do you agree right now that Chris Ballard and Frank Reich have maybe three decisions to make or three choices that they can go, three avenues? Phillip Rivers, stay in-house, trade for Foles, or the outlier, and I'm not going Andrew Luck. I don't know, maybe you call Drew Brees. I mean, you're if you look at that first part of that season, you could easily be one and seven by the time you get to the Jets game. How do you think they should go about this? Yeah, it's funny that you say that because I actually uh, interviewed Greg Cosell today, the NFL Films guru for my show, the Ross Tucker Podcast, and he thinks that they should go with Jacob Eason over a guy like Nick Foles. And I, I guess I tend to agree with him. I mean, I do agree that there are three plausible scenarios, Rivers or some other retired old guy, Foles or trade for somebody else, or Eason. You know, they drafted Easton in the fourth round last year. He came in. He's got a lot of physical ability. He's been in the system for a year. He's going to get all these reps for the next few weeks. Like, let him play. Let him play. Now, the reality is, I think, Silio, they're going to let him play a bunch in the first preseason game, maybe the second. And if it's going pretty well, I think they'll stay in pat. If there are major concerns, I think they'll either get Nick Foles in because he obviously is a guy that knows Reich's system very well and Reich knows him very well, or they or they get the bat phone and call up Phillip Rivers. I mean, listen, I know Phillip Rivers is coaching high school football. I, I got it, and that's what he wants to do. But this is a unique scenario. I'm pretty confident the assistant coach could handle it for the first three or four <laughs> weeks while Rivers is playing, starting for the Annapolis Colts, or – you know, the flip side is, what about a couple of years ago, the Josh McCown plan? I mean, they could have Rivers be on every Zoom meeting during the week. Yeah. And then Friday night after his high school game, take the private jet up to Indy. He's there for Saturday walkthrough. Sunday he plays, flies back. I mean, is it ideal? No. Is it maybe going to give you better results than Jacob Eason? Yeah, maybe. How about this, too, for Chris Ballard, the GM? You know, I mean, maybe history is, looks like it may repeat itself here like it did in Philly. Think about this for a second, Ross. I mean, he, he doesn't even make it through the first week of the season or preseason, and that's Carson Wentz. Do you now look at this potentially? Because you know GMs look down the line. If you're looking into the future and you're going to kind of rub the crystal ball here, do you go into the draft? Say you do get out to one and seven and you hold Pat Eason and then you decide not to put Wentz on the field because there's no point in putting him on the field. If you're one and seven, that pick's not going to become a first rounder for the Eagles. Anyway, it's going to be a two. So you're sitting there and you're kind of maybe going to pick around 15. I don't know the kid from North Carolina. Do you go into the draft next year? And just like what they did up in San Francisco, do you look at a quarterback knowing that the history, watch this, I mean, Ross, a rib injury, MCL, ACL, concussion, foot injury. This guy hasn't been in the league 20 years. This guy's been in the league like a little bit over a handful of years. What do you do if you're Ballard? Missed the whole preseason his rookie year with a back too. Um, I, I would say if you're Ballard, now listen, let's see when Wentz comes back. Let's see how he plays. You know, Ballard's smart enough to know he doesn't need to make any of these decisions now. However, it's probably front office malpractice if they don't at least start to consider their quarterback options down the line because you have to look at Carson's injury history and combine that with how poorly he played last year. I mean, silly, I do Eagles pregame, and I really like the guy. And I thought his first four years, I thought 17, 18, 19 – I mean, 17, he should have been the MVP until he got hurt. 18 and 19, he was a top 10 guy in my mind, no question. But last year, I, I don't know what happened. I mean, I thought he was the worst quarterback in the NFL. 
Now, there were major issues around him at receiver on the offensive line. I, I get that. But Cilio, he led the NFL in sacks and interceptions and didn't play the last four games. I mean, think about other sports, baseball and basketball. You don't play 25% of the games and still lead the league in two categories? It's not good. Ross, do you think that Carson Wentz trusted in Philadelphia Frank Reich more than he did Doug Peterson? Um, You know, it's tough to say that because I'll tell you what. With Reich, it was like all positive. And then Reich leaves, and then Wentz comes, you know, and then Wentz is still there. It was a little bit more up and down. And part of that was Carson. Part of it was the team around him wasn't as good. But even the next year, you know, he got hurt and Foles had to come in again. So I think it was the situation more than trusting any coach. I mean, listen, if if the coach, you know, when you were at Miami, right, winning national championships, and then, you know, Jimmy Johnson leaves and Erickson comes in and you guys stunk and you played worse after that, you would trust Jimmy more than you would Erickson, right? Like Completely. Uh, yeah, I mean, but part of that, I think, is just because of how Wentz played before Reich left and then the injuries. Do you think Zach Ertz is a top 10 tight end still, and that's why the Eagles are holding on to him still? Do you think that he'll be on the opening day roster? I know Howie has made that point that it looks like he may be on the opening day roster or do you think it's going to be somebody like Buffalo or maybe even Jacksonville to maybe get another component down there for uh, Trevor Lawrence to try to be able to find him some more weapons? Um, because obviously they haven't gotten return what they're looking for. They want to pick, it looks like, and that's why they've kept him. How do you see that playing out? Well, think of it this way, right? Last year at this time, Ertz was not happy because both Kittle and Kelsey had gotten new contracts. Ertz wanted a new contract. Ertz was talked about in the same vein as those guys. Now, I think most people had it Kittle 1, Kelsey 2, or Kelsey 1, Kittle 2. But then Ertz was like somewhere 3, 4, or 5. I don't know which one he was, Silio, but he was one of them, 3, 4, 5. He was talked about as, well, his contract should be around what theirs are, blah, blah, blah. And last year was a disaster for him and the rest of the team. But I don't know how you go from being talked about as a top three or four, certainly top five guy, and then now not be a top 10 guy. I just don't believe – he's what is he, 30 years old? I just don't believe yeah. he dropped off that much of a cliff. He had an injury last year. But his game is not like a speed game. I mean, his game is – he is super smart, super savvy, and I really believe that that should sustain for years to come. I think he's a Jason Witten type guy. Yes. You know, I think yes. he's – I think he's like that guy. He's not going to be outstanding in the run game, but he's going to be a guy, like you said, that's going to grit it out, run the seam well. He's going to beat most linebackers in the league. And the quarterback play, as you've been saying here, Ross, that's the thing that's dipped off. couple last questions here for you. Do you agree that the next head football coach in Tampa Bay is going to be Todd Bowles? Boy, at this point, it certainly seems like it, right? With the deal they just gave him, although Arians keeps talking like he's not going anywhere anytime soon. And if you're Arians, why would you? I mean, it's the best team he's ever coached. So that's a tough one to answer. I think the Bucs would like that. But I think it'd be surprising if somebody didn't offer Bowles a job after this year, and then it'll be up to Bowles whether he wants to do it or not. You know, the San Francisco story, finally here, Ross, the San Francisco story, you're hearing John Lynch, you're hearing Kyle Shanahan now. Holy cow, man, and you know this like every player does. And what they're doing is, in my opinion, what John Lynch is doing, I think he's trying to be a salesman to the league right now. Trey's playing so well. This is not like Green Bay with Jordan Love. Our guy's ready to play. If you want to come and get Jimmy Garoppolo, Instead of coming with a two, you better roll in here with a one because we're not giving him up. He looks the best. You know, you're overselling the guy for a reason because you're trying to up the value. You think they're selling and putting him out there for sale for somebody to try to come and grab him because you know people are going to panic and they're going to want a quarterback. The history obviously is an issue when it comes to his health, but you're talking about a 25-8 and eight guy 
counting the playoffs, that if he's healthy, he's a winner. What do you do there if you're if you're a 49erville? Yeah, so, you know, when a guy like John Lynch goes on Adam Schefter's podcast and says that this is the best Jimmy G's ever played in August here, my, my antenna goes up, bro. I mean, I've been doing this. I retired in 08. My rookie year was 01. I've been doing this a decently long time now. I don't really believe in coincidences. I, I You know, when teams are really talking up a guy, that's usually when they're really trying to move him to get something in return. So I don't know. It's just the way that sounds. I don't, I don't know if Jimmy G's long for San Fran. I, you know, it's kind of like the Bears. Have you ever seen a third-string quarterback have a press conference? Never. I, I, I mean, <laughs> there's a third-string quarterback have a press conference like Nick Foles did the other day. I mean – Hey, bear, boss, I, have the, you the, ever seen a player in another uniform, politician, for a job somewhere else? I'm watching this thing. I'm going, he's a member of the Bears, right? I was stunned when I saw that. It, it, well, it, well, I've never seen anything like it. And uh, look, the Bears are trying to get out of that contract. I don't blame them. It was just hilarious. I mean, uh, the, it, the coincidence of Carson Wentz having surgery. Today's media availability, the press conference, will be Nick Foles. It's just like, it's uncanny, man. Hey, finally, I'll leave you with this. You, you, you talk about not buying anything and antennas going up. We used to play against Lou Holtz all the time when he was at Notre Dame. Just, just, just Miami team. And I go, Lou, you're undefeated. <laughs> you're undefeated. Don't give me that. These guys are the best and the fastest guys I've ever. Oh, I don't know how we're going to do it. And you're going like this. Dude, you're 10 and 0. <laughs> Ross, I love you, brother. Ross Tucker podcast, everyone. Make sure you check it out. Ross, tell them how they can find it. Yeah, certainly. Just follow me on social media, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, at Ross Tucker NFL. And then it's the same place all the other podcasts are. I got a sports betting one, even money, a fantasy one, fantasy feast. Whatever you need for your football fix, I got it. Gosh, I sound like a drug dealer. Anyway, like the guys you play with at the U back in the 80s, right, Cilio? <laughs> RossTucker.com. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Love you, man. I appreciate you doing it. All right, see ya. You got it, man. Ross Tucker, man. We'll take a brief time out. You keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. field of life 
First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. National Football Show. Thank my friend Ross Tucker for coming aboard. People commenting here today saying that Jacob Eason should get a shot. Fourth round draft choice. You know, it's funny. People are also saying they, I love it when you see smart fans. Then they put a story together with a take. Somebody just uh, posted, um, Jacob Eason should get a chance. Russell Wilson got a chance. He was a third rounder for the Seahawks. How do you know what you got here in this fourth rounder if you don't put him on the field? I mean, isn't that also a shot at your scouting department? I mean, a fourth round draft choice is not a small pick. It's a premium pick. When you're one to four, those are pretty good picks. Obviously, one, two, and three. You know, you know what's funny? The most successful round in NFL history. What round do you think it is? It's the third round. The third round is the most productive round in pro football history. It's not the first round. Third round. Because the economics are also tied into it. You're not overpaying traditionally for people in the third round. You're going best available guy. You're not going need. See, you know what's funny? In the first round, you're going need. So what does that mean when you go need? You overvalue a position. That's why the quarterback position always gets overevaluated at the top end of the first round of the draft. And you're looking up there and you're going, God, that guy sucked. It's because you overevaluated him. He wasn't as good as you thought he was. Like here, get this. So when you when you when you're looking at Sam Darnold when he came out of USC, okay? And Sam Darnold comes out of Southern Cal. You think this kid, Zach Wilson, for the Jets, you think he was a higher prospect coming out of college than what Sam Darnold was coming out of USC? Absolutely not. But somehow in that process, we're doing it. Or how about Dwayne Haskins? Go back. Joel Klatt thought he was going to be a starter in Washington for 10 years. And I kept saying this about uh, Dwayne Haskins. And by the way, I'm really glad to hear that things are really starting to turn around for him. In Pittsburgh, we'll talk more about him a little bit later on, and I'll, and I'll hit on him. I'm glad to hear that. But I always said that he was a green apple on the tree that didn't get a chance to ripen at Ohio State, and he came out of the draft too soon. And when he got into the draft, he got to the Washington team. He was clearly not mentally ready to play the position or be the face of a franchise. Plain and simple, that's exactly how it played out, and now he has to learn how to be a professional. And he's in the right place for it, though. He's clearly in the right place for that. So maybe Jacob Beeson should get the opportunity to play because you know what? You're looking at your scouting department. You gave him a fourth-round grade. That's not a bad grade. Fourth round, okay? Those guys traditionally make the ball team. Remember what I told you. Half of the NFL is undrafted or lower draft choices other than the top three rounds got to have people on your roster so that you could fill out a, a, um, you know, a salary cap. Can't all have first round draft choices making $10 million a year. You're not going to be able to field the team. Special teams, defense, all plays into how you build a roster. You're not going to build it all with, you know, I tell people all the time, one of the great secret sauces to New England. Can you name me one first round draft choice? at the skilled positions that New England won a Super Bowl with when Tom Brady was there. Can you name me one? Let's see, Edelman and Amendola. 
Those guys were low draft choices. Wes Welker was a trade. Gronk was a second. Okay, they didn't win a championship with Moss, and he he was an acquisition from the Raiders. I think that was a sixth-round draft choice and what they gave up a guy from Syracuse for it. I mean, right? New England didn't win with premium dudes. They won with dudes. I'm talking their skill set, guys. I mean, that's how they kept their economics down. They built their defense, and they had a great special teams. That's why they always led the NFL in special teams. Hey, and think of this for a second, too. You know, what some of you are saying about giving Jacob Beeson the shot there in Indianapolis, Patriots gave a six-round draft choice an opportunity to take the reins from a guy they drafted high and gave a gigantic, you know, number two in Drew Bledsoe. And when they realized that this kid's better and they made that call that he was better, it panned out because their, their, their scouting department was right. Now, I always tell everyone, you know, as great as the Patriots are in getting Brady, they still missed on him five times. They did. They still missed on the kid five times. I think it's very interesting also what Ross said about – let me slide over to Zach Ertz here. I think it's interesting what he said about Ertz. He doesn't believe Ertz's abilities gone down. The play at the offense has gone down. And a receiver, just like a tight end, you're only – you know, you're only tied into who's getting you the football. And if you've got turmoil in your offense, think about this for a second, too. In the last two years, how many times did he had Deshaun Jeffries and Jackson on the field at the same time as him? And you had a functional running game, and you had a quarterback playing consistent football. In the last two years, wh- wh- where did he have that? Then you lose Reich. In 18, then you have more people in the front office coming down on the head coach. You got people in the front office wanting receiver coaches fired. You got everybody in the building now trying to get their piece of the Lombardi trophy. And here's a guy, then he gets hurt on top of that. You really think this guy has sucked in the last two years to a point where, just like Ross said, I mean, you're talking about him. If he's not the top three, He's surely in the top five tight ends when it comes to catching the football. And I made the comparison that I think Zach Ertz is like Jason Witten. Whatever you think Jason Witten is, he's what I think Ertz is. He's never going to be a spectacular blocker in the run game. He's never going to be dynamic on being able to beat up defensive ends. But what he is going to be able to do is he knows how to run in space. He knows how to get off the line of scrimmage. He knows how to put himself in a position to catch footballs. And he had a great relationship with his quarterback once his quarterback was able to get him the football. I mean, when Ertz and Wentz were on the same page, they had chemistry in the offense and in the play calling, they were dynamic, man. You know, if you thought Carson Wentz was a Pro Bowl quarterback then in 17, you surely thought thought, uh, Zach Ertz was one of the top three tight ends in all the NFL then. You had to think that because he was making the plays to really move the sticks for what the Eagles were doing. And so I agree. I don't think this guy, and I also think that's why Howie Roseman, the general manager of the Eagles, has had a problem letting this guy go. You know, he could easily just cut him and save himself some money on the cap too. But he wants something in return for this guy. He thinks someone's going to panic like the Jags or the Bills. It just shows you if you're if you're watching how this thing is playing out now in Indianapolis, there is no doubt that teams are sitting around going, geez, what do I do here at the quarterback position here? Do I go and get Jimmy G? You know, I, I I've been telling you, Jimmy G's injuries would frighten me. You know what somebody somebody watched this yesterday, and he was an NFL scout, and you know what he told me? He goes like this when you're an NFL scout. You're not caring. Jimmy G's salary cap number will not kill you if you trade for that deal he has right now. It's economically viable. And if you're just bringing him in and you think you have a Super Bowl team, you bring his ass in right now. 
talking about three years from now, five years from now, you're just building the team for someone else. So this is why Roseman, in my opinion, is held on to Zach Ertz. I think he's held on to him for a reason because he thinks someone's going to come calling and they're going to put some some true meat behind a pick. I don't know what he's looking for. I haven't been able to figure it out. I had heard that the Buffalo Bills offered a two and a three, and he didn't budge on that. And I would have budged on that. Two and a three for Ertz? See, when he saw what the market value was, how he didn't want to move off it. He thinks he can get more. Remember, you know, I, I agree with Ross Tucker. I think this guy's a good football player still. I just think you have poor quarterback play right now going on in the last two years in, in Philadelphia. So I thought it was interesting, too, in what he said with Rivers. You can make it work with Rivers. Remember something. Here's a guy that was a kid of a coach. He understands what the future is there in Indy. He knows that he's going to be going in as a substitute teacher. So there's going to be no drama for the quarterback in Wentz. You're bringing a guy in to hold down the fort for about five weeks until you can get your guy back in the room. Is that, is that what you want to do? I think that makes a lot of sense. But Ross is more in line of giving the kid an opportunity. So, you know, listening to him, listening to you guys, and putting it all together here, you know, more I'm, I'm leaning, as I was before, you know, leaning towards Rivers, but I'm leaning to what the Colts may do is, you're right, they may just stick with Jacob Eason, move forward and see what they have because the silver lining is, say they do get out to a 1-7 and seven start, they're going to pick somewhere 15th next year in the draft anyway. Maybe they can trade up and get that kid from Carolina. So we'll take a brief timeout and keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. 
It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.